Well, everybody, welcome to episode 213 of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it's brought by our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Coldwell Banker is rooted in the legacy of our founder, renowned businessman and philanthropist, Marvin Pomeranz. We continue to tell his story through our love of people, homes, and the communities we serve. Our integrity guides are focused to empower people to make the best real estate decisions possible. We pair local ownership and knowledge with the power of an international brand and the most advanced technology to elevate the customer experience and expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. We're going to talk a lot of wrestling tonight with my first four guests, and later on I'll be talking to Ankeny swimmer Lance Swanapool, who enjoyed a tremendous state meet on Saturday and was named the Iowa Swim Athlete of the Year. Right now, my first guest is the head coach of the Ankeny wrestling team. He guided the Hawks to a 21-4 dual record this season, including a fourth-place finish in the state duels earlier this month. His team placed second in a district tournament on Saturday at Carlisle and qualified nine wrestlers for this week's state tournament. He is Jack Wignall. Jack, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having us on here today. Hey, you bet. Well, I want to focus mainly on the state tournament and preview what's ahead, but I just wanted to ask you a couple of quick questions about the district tournament. Uh, you told me over the weekend that it was a nice accomplishment to get nine guys to state, but overall you said it wasn't your team's best tournament. It was just kind of an uneven day, wasn't it? It was kind of an uneven day. You know, um, as I said when we talked on Sunday, that, that Jay's wrestled great. Um, but, uh, and so did Ben, but the rest of the guys, I just felt were a little bit flat. And we talked about that tonight at practice and, and, uh, uh, we're in a lot better headspace than we were, uh, probably heading into, um, districts on Friday. Well, it's, sure. a lo- it's a long season. You're going to have some ups and downs, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You know, I, I've talked a lot about it, but, um, having to get up for that, uh, um, the state duels that tournament and and just the intensity and and the quality of teams that we wrestled um usually when we do that we go straight into the state tournament then then it's over with and this year you know uh, we had that lull in between state duels and the district tournament i really like that format but it was just something we're gonna have to get used to and adjust well, one of your senior leaders is Jace Anderson, and I'll be talking to him here in a bit. Uh, he was your lone district champion at 152 pounds, and he certainly had an impressive day, uh, capped off by an 11-3 major decision over Jack Lewis of Bondurant Farrar, and that was his 100th career victory. So that was obviously a big day for Jace, wasn't it? That was a big day for Jace, yeah. Um, you know, 100 wins. You've got to keep in mind, too, that uh, Jace, I think, had 11 wins as a sophomore, and, or as a freshman, and then 19 wins as a sophomore um, due to injuries. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't get the, the, the big matches uh, early on in his career. I don't have any doubt that he would be our, our uh, win leader um, in his career. Just some unfortunate things happened. Um, so that's a great ac- accomplishment for Jace considering how much he missed uh, those first couple years. Uh, and, then, and, and then the way he wrestled Saturday was just outstanding. It was fun. It was fun to watch him widen the gap against the kid that, you know, beat him three weeks earlier. So it, it it's it was great to watch. Well, of course, there was a new format this year for the district tournament where the top three wrestlers at each weight uh, qualified for state. So there will now be 24 man brackets uh, at the state tournament instead of, you know, the usual 16. What, what do you think of these changes? Do you like the new format? I, I love everything that Louis Curtis is doing uh, with uh, boys high school wrestling. Uh, not only uh, did the the format um, at the district tournament change, allowing three wrestlers to go. Um, it used to be in an, in an eight-man bracket. If you lost your first round um, in essentially the quarterfinals, the best you could get was fifth. So being able to wrestle back um, after you've had a, a disappointing loss, I think is a really, a really good thing. 
Um, sometimes uh, kids get caught. So that stuff happens. And but to be able to wrestle back and and get to the state tournament, I think that was fantastic. I I, I love the format and um, just just having those extra guys in the bracket, uh, get, giving them opportunities to to uh, wrestle at state tournaments huge. Well, the top eight seeds will receive a buy into the first round on Wednesday night. And you have three wrestlers who earned uh, top eight seeds. Uh, Jace is seated second at 152. Ben is seated uh, third at 138. And Truman Folkers is seventh at 113. You have to feel really, really good about where each of those guys is at right now. Yeah, I really do. I think that uh, um, we, we talked about this tonight at practice, too, just where everybody's at in the bracket. I think those three guys that we talked about can um, get a good workout in prior to their matches. And, and I feel good about where they're going to be. Um, you know, those other five guys or six guys are going to get a match before they get into that to the bracket. Right. I think that that's fantastic uh, that we're setting right where we need to be. Let's break down some of those uh, brackets and let's start with your highest seed in Jace. I know you feel like he has a great chance to get to the finals and then win it all. But when you look at his bracket, you know, he could see some familiar, uh, familiar faces along the way. Uh, if the seeds hold up, he would face a rematch against Lewis in the quarterfinals and then would meet uh, Grant Kress of Linmar in the semifinals, another guy that he has wrestled multiple times, you know, over the years. Uh, so, so do you feel good about his chances, you know, to get all the way to the finals? I do. And the, I think the thing right now with Jace is that his confidence is really high against those guys. Um, you know, that he really took that loss to uh, Lewis hard. Um, and as you can see by what he's done since uh, with him, that, that the confidence is there. And, you know, Jace got beat by Grant Cress at the Battle of Waterloo two years ago and hasn't lost to him since. I think Jace has probably got eight or nine wins over the kid mm -hmm. in that amount of time. So, you know, they always say uh, it's hard to beat somebody this many times or this many times. At the end of the day, if you have if you have their number, you have their number, and Jason's got their number. We'd rather be the guy winning all those matches yeah. and not the other way around. Absolutely. <laughs> well, of course, the number one seeded his weight is Jacob Helgeson of Johnston, who is thirty nine and zero, and I'm sure that's a potential matchup that you've kind of been planning on, you know, for all all years since they met back in December. Yeah, you know, that was Jason's first competition back. I think that was his third match, second or third match of the uh, of the entire season, and Jace wrestled him to uh, a one zero loss, which I, I don't even know how you categorize it as a loss because he wrestled so well and it was so early um, really really anxious you know we will take it day by day um, match by match but um, that's one that he wants back for sure oh sure well then at 138 uh, Ben is seated third behind a couple of hammers uh, Ryder Block of Waverly Shellrock and Kane Nocta Jaborn of Linmar and I'm sure he'd love to have a crack at either of those guys but like all of your wrestlers he can't afford to look too far ahead uh, Ben wins his first match. His opponent in the quarterfinals could be number six, uh, Trevor Oberbreckling of Southeast Polk. So he's certainly going to have you know, to earn his way to the semifinals, isn't he? Absolutely is. Um, again, I, I like where Ben's sitting in that bracket. We're, we're looking forward to some of those early matches and um, just proving a point. Well, I got a chance to see Block wrestle at the Ed Winger invita uh, Invitational last month, and you know that kid is just a buzzsaw. Uh, of all the number one seeds in Class 3, you know, I think he'd have to be maybe one of the bigger favorites to win the title. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely. He's <laughs> – there are levels to, to wrestling, and, and we seem to learn that uh, more and more each season, and he is, uh, he, he is on a different level. He's so good in so many positions. Oh, sure. Well, your other top eight seed is Truman Folkers, and he's number seven at 113. Uh, he's coming off a third-place finish at the district tournament. And like a few of your guys, I'm sure he's looking to bounce back this week. Yeah, he really is. Um, you know, he knows he's uh, better than that. And, you know, uh, like I, I said it the whole time that we, we were a little flat in that tournament, and, and he was one of the guys who was a little bit flat. Um, he's just got a couple things to work on, and um, 
I, I'm, I'm ready to watch him go. He's, he's tough. Well, if he can win his first match, uh, he's probably looking at a quarterfinal matchup against number two, Jake Knight of Bentendorf, who is 42-1. and one. Now, I know Knight posted a 15-7 to seven major decision over Folkers at the state duels a week ago. But do you think uh, Truman, you know, learned some things in that match that might be helpful? Yeah, uh, we wrestled him uh, at the uh, Johnson tournament earlier in the year, too. Uh, I think that that's where we saw him. Um, and we, we wrestled him really tough over there. Uh, so, yeah, I think the, the couple times that we've wrestled him, that we've got enough stuff that, that we can compete with him. Well, I'm not going to break down all the brackets with you, but I did want to mention that uh, three of your qualifiers were close to receiving a top eight seed. Uh, Cade Benetham at 195 and Will Hendricks at 220 are both seated ninth. And Xander Kenworthy at 182 is seated 10th. And ironically, all three of those guys, you know, will wrestle opponents from Carlisle in the first round if they can win their preliminary matches. And of course, those would be rematches for Cade and Will. Uh, Cade dropped a 9-2 decision to Jess uh, Kersel of Carlisle in the second place match on Saturday. And Will dropped a 5-4 decision to Joshua Hempstead in the championship match. And that must have been a heck of a match with, with uh, Joshua. Yeah, it was. Um, we ended up going down, I think, in the second period in that match. And that kid rode Will out. Um, Will was, Will was a little frustrated that uh, he ended up being going down in that match because we kind of took it, took it to him on our feet uh, later in the match. So, um, you know, there, there are adjustments that we'll make and, and decisions that will change. Um, but I like having uh, Will and Cade having rematches with those guys um, if they can win their preliminary round. And, and again, I, I like that those guys have those those matches we're going to be going into those matches warmed up and you know when the seeds get a little tighter you know you got a, a maybe a nine and a seven it's kind of a toss-up and i'd much rather have a match before that to get warmed up and maybe get the jitters out prior to wrestling though so uh, everything has worked out the way it should and uh, i make i'm really excited to uh, uh get those get those matches well, both Xander and J.J. Mahon at 120 are seated 10th. Uh, ben Walsh at 106 is seated 13th, and Perez Perez is seated 20th at 126. And those guys obviously aren't projected to be place winners, but I'm sure you feel like, you know, they all have the potential to make a run in the tournament. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's what is beautiful about the state wrestling tournament is, you know, you go in as an unseated, unseated kid, and you get on a run, and you place in the state wrestling tournament, and you see that in every class, every season, and... Um, it's 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 so much fun to see and and I, I do I do feel like we can get nine kids on the podium. Well, last year you guys placed thirteenth at state after finishing sixth in the duels tournament. Of course, this year you guys took fourth in the duels tournament. So, have you guys talked about the, the goals for the team this week? How high do you think you guys can finish? Um, we didn't we didn't put a number on it. Um, we just talked about going out and wrestling hard, win the next match, and um, score points. And and the goal is to get on the podium. And the more guys that we can get on the podium. Uh, and the higher that we can get them, then, you know, there's, there's trophies starting a third. And I said, we don't have to see any of these guys again. You know, we have a lot of seniors on our team. You don't have to worry about coming back next year or, or seeing them again uh, the next week at a tournament. All you got to do is go out and wrestle and beat them. And then w once that's done, it's done. And uh, goal is to get as high on the podium as, as, as they can, and uh, we'll see where we end up in the, in the team race. Well, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll see you down there on Wednesday, Jack. Great. Thanks, Dan. Yep. All right. My next guest is a senior for the Hawks, and he is ranked second at 152 pounds with a 31-3 and record. 
He is seated second on his weight going into state and is looking to become a three-time place winner. He is Jace Anderson. Jace, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Well, you won your fourth district title on Saturday with an 11-3 win over Jack Lewis. And I know Lewis uh, you know, had beaten you at the Dave Ewing duels on January 21st, but you avenged that loss with a 5-3 win over him uh, during the regional duels 10 days later, and then you pretty much dominated him on Saturday. So you've, you've clearly widened the gap. Do you think that shows the progress that you've made over the last few weeks? Uh, yeah. I mean... That loss at the uh, Dave Ewing duels really, really bothered me. Uh, and then even the win at the regional duel really bothered me being how close it was because I know uh, I think I'm a way better wrestler than that kid. And uh, I was just happy I finally got to show that uh, on Saturday. So, Well, we talked to the coach about how that was your 100th uh, career victory. What did that mean to you to reach that milestone? Uh, it felt good. It was uh, something, especially these uh, past two seasons, I've been going over a lot with like my family and stuff like because uh I didn't really like Jack said I had uh 11 wins as a fresh as a sophomore 19 as a freshman and so I didn't really know if I was gonna be able to get it and so it was it was a good milestone I really enjoyed it so well, I mentioned that you're trying to become a three-time place winner. Uh, you took fourth at 145 last year after finishing seventh at 138 as a sophomore you know what would that mean to you to be able to cap off your career with the state title uh, that would mean everything. Uh, I watched I watched my brother win two of them, and those uh, not only were the uh, some of the best days of his life, but some of the best days of mine just being there with him, watching him, uh, feeling for him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've I watched him uh, win down there, and I also watched him lose some heartbreakers down there. So I don't really plan on being a part of that. So. We well, are trying to join a pretty exclusive club. I think there have been uh, 14 individual state champions in Ankeny's history, if my memory's right. And of course, like you said, your brother Trevor was a two-time champ in 2019 and 2021. Uh, he's now wrestling at UNI, but I'm sure he's been keeping tabs on, on your season. Uh, has he offered any advice to you as you're getting ready to go to your last state tournament? Uh, no, I mean, he, uh, before some big matches, he'll shoot me some texts. Uh, we, uh, we still keep good contact with, uh, with wrestling and stuff, so uh, he'll be down there. Wednesday through Saturday, so I'm sure he'll give me some words of wisdom while we're there, but I'm really looking forward to having him down there with me. So. Well, let's break uh, down your bracket a little bit. Uh, you'll get a buy into the first round where you will face the winner of a preliminary match between Andrew Pelton of Waukee and Henry Kane of Cedar Falls on Wednesday night. Do you know much about either of those guys? Uh, I did wrestle Pelton back in our duel. We had a double duel against Waukee and Waukee Northwest, and uh, I wrestled Pelton in I, I dominated that match pretty good, but he's had some good wins since then. So I think I think that's who I'll end up having uh, Wednesday night. But uh, you know, I'm expecting it to be a lot closer. I'm really focused after talking to my coaches, especially after taking that loss at the debut duels. It's like you know you got to wrestle everyone like they're the best kid. So I've been doing that, trying to not take anyone for granted. So. Well, Jack talked about how he liked the fact that some of your teammates, you know, get a wrestle in that match before they get into the first round. You're in the opposite situation. You get the bye. You get to wrestle a kid who, who will already have a match under his belt. Do you think there's any advantage to that either way? Uh, no, I think I'll be good. Uh, I'll get a good warm up and uh, I'll go into that. I'll go into that into that match. Sorry, uh, with a lot of confidence, and I think I'll I think I'll be fine. So. Well, if you do win that match, uh, your opponent in the quarterfinals could be Lewis again. And I imagine you'd have to be pretty confident after the way you wrestled against him on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Um, I just realized, you know, I just got to slow that match down, keep it to my pace. I kind of wrestled his match the first, uh, the first match we had and just kind of got sloppy with it. And, you know, the next two times were a lot more solid, a lot more my pace. And uh, 
they came, they came out in my favor, so I expect it to go the same way this time. Well, then if you're able to reach the semifinals, uh, your opponent there could be number three, Grant Kress uh, of Linmar. And uh, like Jack said, I think you've wrestled him you know, several times in your career, including a couple of uh, three to two decisions this season. So even though you've, you've won all but one of those matches against him, uh, you know, you've had some close ones, haven't you? Uh, yeah, that's uh, probably like when I look back at it in 20 years will be my main rival who I remember from high school. I think this will be, if we end up wrestling on Friday night, will be our seventh meeting and the sixth in the past two seasons. And uh, I've won the past four, but they've all been one-point matches. So, yeah, they, uh, there's some close ones, but, you know, I've managed to keep up on some things with them, uh, help me have the upper hand. So I'm confident that I can win. I'm confident I will win. So. Is he kind of a defensive wrestler? Is that why those matches have all been so low-scoring? Uh, I'd say we're both. I, we just know each other so well, having wrestled so many times uh, that – it's kind of like when you wrestle, you know, some people in practice, you know, a lot, mm -hmm. matches get close. We just know each other really well. So you, uh, I, I only get one or two opportunities usually during those matches to score. And I usually capitalize on them, so I'm looking to do the same. Well, if you can get to the finals, it seems likely that your opponent would be number one, Jacob Helgeson of Johnston, who is unbeaten. Uh, every other wrestler on his side of the bracket has at least eight losses. And I know you have to take care of your own business, but can you see anybody other than Helgeson emerging from that side of the bracket? Uh, I mean, the Bettendorf kid, seated fourth, he's, uh, he's pretty good. And um, uh, Dan Knight, over, the head coach over at Bettendorf, is really, really good at game planning his kids. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, it would be a surprise to me if he comes out, but um, it wouldn't be a total shock. But, yeah, I expect if I get through my bottom half of the bracket, I expect to see Jacob on Saturday night. So. Well, I don't know how many times you've wrestled Hel uh, Helgeson in the past, but I know your last meeting came at the Johnston tournament back in December. And like J uh, Jack mentioned, you lost that one as a one-point decision in overtime. And I know that was only your third match of the season, so you're kind of working your way back into shape. Do you think you can take some things away from that match, though? Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to score in that match, uh, and I just didn't. Uh, but... I'd rather lose that one than lose on Saturdays. But I grew up with Jacob. He grew up in the Ankeny Wrestling Club with right. me and Trev and all them. So we know each other really well. He's a good kid. He's a good wrestler. And uh, I look, I hope I get to wrestle him Saturday night, and I'm looking forward to it. What do you think is going to be the key for, for you or anybody else to beat him? Uh, well, we, uh, we really wrestled a solid match on our feet. I think I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to find a takedown in there somewhere. Neither of us, neither me or him, could really – break through that uh, the last time we wrestled. And so I was, I had a couple opportunities and I need to capitalize on them this time if we meet again. So I think uh, it'll come down to one takedown and whoever gets that will, will win that match. Well, Jace, assuming you have the kind of tournament that you think you can have and your team's other high seeds wrestle up to their seeds and maybe some of your lower seeds, you know, wrestle above their seeds, what do you think the team can accomplish this week? How, have you guys set a team goal? Uh, we haven't really talked about it. Um, I don't think Jack wants to put too much pressure on him. Or we, uh, I mean, everyone just needs to go out there and just wrestle their hardest, do their job. Uh, you know, for a lot of our seniors, it's their last wrestling tournament that they're probably ever going to wrestle. So, I mean, just go out there and just let it fly, honestly. And uh, if we do that, I think the uh, tournament placing and everything else will just take care of itself. Well, it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Good luck this week. I'll see you down there. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. You bet. 
All right, listening to the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. MJ Properties is also a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, MJ Properties also became the title sponsor of Ankeny Fanatic here uh, recently, and we appreciate uh, their support, and they also furnish our nice new office out here where we uh, record the podcast. So just wanted to give a quick uh, shout-out to MJ Properties. All right, my next guest is the head coach of the Ankeny Centennial Wrestling Team. He guided the Jaguars to a 21-9 dual record this season, including an eighth-place finish in the state duels earlier this month. His team placed second in the district tournament on Saturday in Marshalltown and qualified 12 wrestlers for this week's state tournament. He is Jay Groth. Jay, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. Well, congratulations on an outstanding tournament uh, Saturday. I know you were thrilled to get 12 guys into state, but your team finished just one point behind Landmar in the team race. Was there any disappointment at all in not winning the team title, or is that not even a concern for you guys? You know, uh, in the old days when you would win the district that qualify you for the state duel. So that was important. But now, you know, us being healthy with the 12 guys we have and getting into the state tournament and being ready to go on Wednesday, the win in the district was just secondary. I mean, I can't deny it would have been nice, but you know, it's just, it wasn't worth the risk of putting somebody out there that would risk getting hurt that we banged up already. So we wanted to keep them safe and healthy. Did they even give a trophy for that or anything? You have a banner, a banner, banner hang up in the gym. But, uh, you know, once you take a couple pictures with the banner and give it to the AD, you don't think about it much anymore. So. Sure. Well, you guys had uh, three district champions, uh, Kel Vandermark at 106 pounds, Lucas Brule at 145, and Ariel's at 160. Uh, you also had four runner-up finishers and five other guys who qualified by placing third under the new format that allows the top three finishers to advance. So I guess the new format worked out pretty well for you guys. Yeah, it really did. Um, I mean, we were going in, we knew that uh, – you know, we had a really good day where, like, like I always tell you, we want to qualify all 14 every time. That's the goal. Uh, and, you know, I thought there was an outside chance we could do that, you know, and uh, 12 out of 14 is pretty good. Pretty excited about that. Obviously, it's the most we've ever had. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for the two guys that didn't make it, but those two guys have been to practice. You know, they're uh, both there yesterday and today, and they're still helping out and still still helping carry their team forward so you know we we don't we don't win matches without everybody so it, it it's good to know that they're this, they're still there and they're, and they're no they're still part of the team well, I know you're happy for all of your qualifiers, but I got to see a part of the tournament there and saw a Logan Song semifinal pin that punched his ticket to state, and that was certainly an emotional moment uh, for Logan and, and for the coaches too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Logan's been battling uh, some injuries and uh, you know all season long. He's got limited mat time because of it. And, uh, you know, it was just his dad, you know, took a new job and, has, and is moving down to Nashville. The rest of the family is going to head uh, when uh, school year is over. So it's just uh, it was awesome to see him punch that ticket and uh, fight through all that adversity that he's had to face. He's been in on some, in some days he's been in a tremendous amount of pain. So uh, it's been it was awesome. I mean, just to, for him to get through there and 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 pin his kid in the semifinals and know that he had the berth locked up, that was that was pretty emotional. Well, you don't have to tell me what the injury is, but it seems like it's one of those nagging things that just isn't going to heal for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's just been it's just something that, that we got a pretty good handle on it right now, and that's why we didn't want him to wrestle anymore. It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're in good shape. We're feeling good. Let's keep it that way. So, yeah, I, I think he's just close to 100%, you know, so we're we're just glad he's there. 
let's break down the state tournament a little bit. Uh, with 24 qualifiers at each weight class, the top eight seeds will receive a buy into the first round on Wednesday night. And you have four wrestlers who earn top eight seeds. Uh, you've got Kale seated sixth, and so is Zach English at 182. Uh, Lucas is seated fifth, and Ari is seated eighth. Uh, so those guys, you know, if they wrestle up with their seed, you know, should have at least four place winners, right? We're going to have more than four. Yeah. yeah. We're, those guys are in good spots right now, yeah. And, um, yeah, the new format, you know, they'll wrestle – on Wednesday night, you know, they'll wrestle the winner of uh, whoever's, uh, you know, coming into to, to their uh, line on the bracket. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I like where we're at. I, I think all of our guys have great opportunities to win their first match and and to win their second match. Uh, so I'm pleased with seeds. I, I know I talked to the boys' union uh, about a couple of them, you know, just to see, you know, why is this kid above us and we beat him. But they, they've got a system, and it – it makes sense, you know, when they explain it to you, well, these you got points for this and that. So, um, you know, we're as good as we're going to be, and now we're going to go capitalize on uh, our opportunities. Well, I know you told me over the weekend that the 145-pound bracket is really loaded, and then uh, Avila from Iowa City West dropped down from 52, so it's even tougher now, isn't it? Yeah, he actually dropped down from 60. He's oh, been wow. wrestling 160 all year. Yeah, I think he wrestled once at 152 and then dropped down for districts. So, yeah, that, that he got – fourth at 170 last year i believe wow uh, so yeah he's dropped down but uh tell you what lucas is lucas is a, a bad bad dude has uh there's a tiktok on him right now that's kind of floating around uh i don't watch a lot of tiktok but i've seen it a few times it's pretty awesome i wrestled did it and uh he just super talented super positive and uh you know if he goes out and performs he can beat anybody so um, i'm it's a loaded bracket but we got a loaded kid well, Lucas enters the tournament with a 40-2 and two record, and yeah, if he could win his first match, you know, he, he could potentially meet uh, the fourth seed, who is uh, Avila, uh, in, mm -hmm. in Thursday's quarterfinals. Of course, the top two seeds at that weight are Boz Diaz of Waverly Shellrock and uh, Tico Carmichael of Bettendorf, and those are the only two wrestlers uh, to beat Lucas. I'm sure he'd love to have a chance to, to meet up with those guys later on. Yeah, yeah, Lucas is uh, excited about the opportunity to go out and compete against the best kids in the state, and uh, he's not intimidated by anybody, and he's not going to to uh, back down or, or give less than uh, everything he's got. So if he goes out and does what he can, then I have confidence that he'll be winning matches and being at the top of the podium. Well, of course, he, he lost to both those guys by one point. So, I mean, those yeah. were matches that could have gone either way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were. And the one with Carmichael, a uh, little controversy at the end of that match that, uh, you know, we didn't think that there was a, a change. They gave a reversal to Carmichael at the very end of the match and, uh, you know, not very many of us agreed, and a lot of people online didn't agree either. So um, that's a, a definitely an opportunity that he wants to get some redemption. Now, Kale is seated sixth, but I think when the pairings first came out, he, he was the five seed. So did they go back in and revise some things or something? Yeah, I guess there was a glitch with a couple of the districts that didn't send, you know, because winning the district is something, one of the criteria points, and it didn't send their record or didn't send that they won the district, and that changed a little bit. It's kind of funny because the kid... We were seated fifth, and the kid we beat was below us, and now we've beat the Mason City kid twice, but yet he's seated above us at, at the state tournament because as a freshman, obviously, we didn't qualify last year or place last year, and, and he did. So he's got a few points over us in the criteria, and that sometimes as coming in as a freshman, that can can uh, set you back a little bit. But, you know, all that matters is you got to beat everybody there anyway. So we're in a good spot in that bracket too. Um, so... I'm confident. Kale's wrestling really well right now. I, I think he'll he'll be fine. 
does their formula take into account head-to-head matchups, or do you think that's something that they should put it, in? Put it into does. Head-to-head uh, -head is part of it, but it's only part. And you know, um, like I said, uh, qualifying last year, placing last year, uh, common opponents, record, all those things come into play. So, it, in that particular weight class, there was um, just kind of a triangle of I beat you, you beat him, he beat me. All our records are about the same. The criteria that's going to that's going to put you above others is that you qualified or placed the year before, and and uh, so that's what that made the difference. Gotcha. Now, Arias seated eighth at 160, and he could see Gerald Norton of Cedar Falls again in his first-round match. Uh, he pinned Norton in the district final, so that would be kind of an odd deal to turn around and face the same guy again right away. And, and under the old format, that wouldn't happen, right? Yeah, that would not happen in the old format when they didn't seat it because the district champ would not – the, the, the uh, runner-up would be on the other side of the bracket. Um yeah, I mean, that could happen, and, uh, you know, we keep tell Ari's in a good place right now, and he knows that just because he pinned the kid in the district finals doesn't mean he's going to roll over for us. So he, he's be jacked up and ready to go, get out and do it again. So uh, I, we like his seed, too, and he's really come along this year, made huge improvements, uh, and uh, wrestling really well right now. He wrestled great at district, so we're, he had a couple ranked kids in his, in his bracket, and he pinned his way through the bracket, so he's, he's looking good. Well, if he can get past his first match, uh, he would likely meet the top seed, Demarion Ross, at Fort Dodge in the quarterfinals. Uh, and Ari told me for the prep of the week that he hasn't faced Ross this season, but he said he loves the competition and he thinks he'd be a different type of matchup for Ross. And I'm sure you'd love that attitude, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. All of our guys are, you know, wrestling with a lot of confidence, and, and Ari's definitely in that in that category. He's, uh, he's dialed in and... Um, he wants the challenges and he looks forward to them. So yeah, that's that's what we want to do. We, uh, as uh, Doug Schwab said in a, a tweet that was going around by the NCAA, is there we, we can't hope that we win anymore. We have to know that we're going to win, and and he knows he's going to win. We have a few guys that qualified that have made multiple trips to state now. Uh, Kel Wiener qualified for the fourth time. Uh, Peyton Bright earned his third trip, and Lucas is back for the second straight year after placing sixth at 138 a year ago. And I'm going to be talking to Kel here in a few minutes, but he is seated 10th at 132, and, and you told me over the weekend that he's not satisfied with just being a qualifier this time, is he? Yeah, I talked to him uh, after uh, he won, or after he qualified for state on Saturday, and I said, you know, you're the only, only the third kid from Centennial that's been all four years, and he told me right away, he said, won't mean anything to me until I get on that podium. And that was, I was happy to hear him say that because uh, he's got his goals in mind. He knows what he wants to do and he's going to go out and get after it. He's also wrestling as, as well as anybody on the team right now. He, he looked great at state duels. He looked great uh, at districts. You know, he ran into uh, Park from Linmar, the number two seed. Three, I think. Three seed. And, um, you know, we, we uh, wrestled him. It was a good match. We got to figure out a couple things we've been working on that he's been looking at. So <clears throat> we got good opportunities. Well, I'll break down Kell's bracket with him here in a few minutes, but I just want to ask you a couple of, you know, questions about a couple other uh, matchups. At 138, Isaac Brule is seated ninth, and if he wins his first match, he would meet number eight Donovan Card of Norwalk, which would certainly not be an easy match. But if he can get past that one, his next opponent would most likely be the top seed, Ryder Block of Waverly Shellrock in the quarterfinals. And I saw Block beat Brule at the Ed Winger invite uh, last month, and, you know, and he was really impressive. I honestly don't know what you'd do with a guy like that. I mean, he's just a buzzsaw, isn't he? <clears throat> he is uh, a stud. Yeah, Ryder Block is a tough kid, a real good wrestler. Um, but Isaac Brule is a tough kid and a real good wrestler too. So you know Isaac's going to go out and fight, and that's you got to. You never know what's going to happen in the state tournament, and uh, you know Isaac's got the experience and and uh, the mat time to 
Yeah, we we uh, score some points on him and catch him in a bad position, put him on his back. We in that match uh, rather than going six minutes with him, and we're we're just going to go out and and uh, take our shot. And then at 120, uh, Peyton Bright is seeded 17th, which is kind of a tough draw because if he can win that preliminary match, he would then get the number one seed, uh, Koufax Christensen of Waukee Northwest in the first round. You know, and that's another guy that just doesn't have many weaknesses, does he? No, no. We wrestled Koufax a couple times, and, uh, yeah, he's a tough kid, uh, returning state champ and, and uh, you know, very sound and very fluid when he wrestles. So, um, again, Peyton's another one of those kids that he's got a lot of time on the mat, and Peyton is about as funky as you get on the mat. I mean, he does some things that you just you don't coach. You just watch him do it and go, wow, I, did, I, I don't know what he's doing, but it seems to be working <laughs> for him. Um, so, you know, we're going to go out there, and, and uh, Peyton's going to get after it. He's been real um, confident and, and uh, ready to go as well. So looking forward to that. Well, for those guys that have been there multiple times, I mean, how much does that experience help them, you think? It does. It does. I mean, you know, everybody's got a little bit of the, when you get to Wells Fargo for the first time and you walk out there, and as much as we talk about, you know, it's the mat's the same, the circle's the same, it's, you're, you're just out there with the referee and an opponent and a coach, and um, it is a little, sometimes you can get a little awestruck and look around, so we try to get there in enough time to get out on the mat when there's still a crowd and, and kind of soak it all in and know, okay, this is what it's like. They're not all here cheering on me or cheering against me, but a lot of people here, there'll be a lot of noise, and I just got to focus on what I'm doing. We've been doing a lot of visualizing um, and trying to get that point across, too, and that, you know, you just got to have your plan and go out and stick to your plan. So I'm hoping we visualized every day before districts, and, it, I mean, we got 12 qualifiers, so I think that helped us a lot, and we're, we did it today, and we'll do it tomorrow, and we'll do it Wednesday, and uh, we'll just keep working at it well last year you guys tied for 16th place at state with just seven qualifiers and now this year you obviously have a lot more qualifiers under this new format other teams do too of course sure but, but have you guys talked about the goals for the team this week how, how high do you think you guys could finish uh you know our goal is for each kid to go out and score points and 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 get after it in their matches and everything else takes care of itself you know if we're same thing we talked about at districts you know it's not about I got to win or I'm not worried about the kid I have next round or in the semifinals. I just got to go out and score points. And if I'm scoring points, then I'll win the match. Well, the team points will add up and good things will happen. But with this group of kids, a real close group, it's a good family. They're all brothers and uh, they got each other's backs. And like I told them today, uh, at the end of practice, you know, one of the best parts about Saturday was is we got these guys wrestling for third place. And I got the whole team, and I'm sitting in the corner with another coach, and I got our whole team behind us just cheering on and getting super excited about these guys and uh, getting these guys to qualify. So, you know, I think we can finish real high. You know, we're I, as uh, coaching staff, we're looking to, to bring home a trophy. That means you got to finish in the top three. And I think we're capable. Um, and I think these guys believe that they're capable. So, you know, we're going to let – we're not going to put a lot of – we're here to win a trophy kind of pressure. We're, we're just here to – score points and win matches. I didn't, I didn't look for this, I guess, but were there other teams that qualified as many guys as you did? Bettendorf's got all 14. Um, uh, there was another team that had 13. Southeast Polk has 13. And then we have 12, and Johnston has 12. And, I think, and then I think Waverly Shawrock's got 11. So. Well, based on what those teams qualified, who do you think would be the favorite going in? Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, Waverly won the dual team part, and Southeast Polk has got, I, I think, probably a better 
tournament team than Shell Rock does. So I think I think those two teams, Bettendorf, I mean, all three of those teams, they've been pretty much one, two, and three, switching around all year long, and uh, they they got good, talented kids. So I'd, I'd say they're those three are the favorites, and if I had to – I don't know if I could pick a team that's going to win it because, again, with this new format, you got more wrestlers, more opportunities for people to win and lose and right. things to happen. So uh, it's probably those three are the favorites. I don't want to say which one's going to finish in the top, but I know that uh, the Jaguars are going to go in there and try to make something happen. Well, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, good luck. I'll see you down there. Thanks. Appreciate it, Dan. You bet. All right, my next guest is a senior for the Jaguars, and he is ranked seventh at 132 pounds with a 38 and 10 record. He plays second in the district tournament on Saturday to become only the third four-time state qualifier in school history, and he is seated tenth at his weight going into state. He is Kale Weiner. Kale, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Good. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Well, congratulations on an outstanding season thus far. Uh, you earned your 100th career victory during the state duels earlier this month, and I know you didn't even know about the accomplishment until afterwards. But you know, what did that mean to you to reach that milestone? Um, it meant a lot, but at the end of the day, I've had one goal this season, which is um, obviously to place as high as I can since I fell short so many times. Um, so, I mean, it was great to have it and great for my team to support me with it, but at the end of the day, I mean, that wasn't my main focus. So, Well, you advanced to the district final on Saturday before dropping a 5 to nothing decision to Braden Park of Linmar, who was the number three seed going into state. You know, is he one of the best guys you've faced this year? Um, he's definitely up there, but uh, Freeman and Luna, I would say, gave me a little bit harder time, but it was definitely those three up top. Well, is Park a real defensive wrestler? I mean, he's obviously tough to score on, isn't he? Um, I would say Park's best was on top. Um, he was really good at finding my wrists, and it was hard for me to build my base, so I spent a lot of time on bottom that match, so that's something I've been working on recently. Well, even though you are ranked seventh, you get the number 10, uh, 10 seed going into state. Did you have any idea before the brackets came out, you know, what you might be seated at? Um... I kind of assumed I was going to be in that 7 to 10 range, but um, I knew I was going to have to beat a couple of good kids to place anyways, so for me it didn't really matter. But yeah. Well, of course, the top eight seeds you know, get a buy into the first round while the other 16 qualifiers have to wrestle a, prelim a preliminary match. Uh, so you'll face the number 23 seed, Jay Halverson of Clear Creek Amman on Wednesday night. Now, have you had a chance to do any research on your opponent? Do you know anything about him? Um, we have did a little bit on him. Um, I'm pretty confident if I push my pace, I can go out there and uh, – make a good match and get on to the next one and just keep wrestling hard, so, yeah. Well, with a win, you would then face uh, number seven, Zane Barons of Waverly Shell Rock in the first round, and you defeated him uh, six to nothing at the state duel, so I assume that, you'd, you know, you'd have to be pretty confident when you, you face him again. Oh, for sure, yeah. We've definitely uh, figured out a more, few more things about him, but obviously I want to take it one match at a time, and once it comes to him, I'll take care of him too, so. Well, do you think uh, Barons would have any advantage because of the bye, or does that really matter, or maybe you have the advantage because you get to get out there and wrestle a match first? Um, I like to think I actually have the advantage because I think that match will actually kind of help me uh, get those nerves out um, being at the state tournament. Obviously, I've been there a few times, so that also helps. But um, I just think I have a lot more to wrestle for this season, so getting that extra match in will actually help a lot. I know Coach doesn't want you to look uh, too far ahead, but I did want to ask you about a couple of other potential matchups. You know, if you can win those first two matches, you could see the number two seed, uh, Jace Luna of Bettendorf, in Thursday's quarterfinals. And I know you lost to him by a technical fall in the third-place match at the Winger invite last month. But if you got a chance to wrestle him again, you know, do you think you could do something different as far as your strategy that might be more successful? Uh, yeah. Actually, on our fee, we actually were pretty neutral. I actually had a lot of good shots on him that ended up being called stalemates. Um, so I think if I can keep the match on our feet, um, I think I can make it a good match, but where he got me was on top. He got a lot of uh, cheap tilts on me, so I think I think if I can keep it on my feet, I think I can have a good match against him. 
And the number one seed in your bracket is uh, Carter Freeman of Waukee Northwest. I know you've wrestled him before as well. Of course, he won the 120-pound title a year ago. So you know, he's obviously the guy to beat, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you think is going to be the key for you or anybody else to beat uh, Freeman? Um, I just think it's going to come down to who wants it more. I mean, obviously, technique-wise, athleticism-wise, he has it all. Um, but it's going to come down to who wants it more and who's going to work the hardest and who's going to have the most heart going into that match. So I think if I want it more, whoever else wrestles him and wants it more, I think uh, an upset's going to happen. So. Well, Kill Coach mentioned that, you know, when he congratulated you on Saturday, you know, becoming a four-time qualifier, that you told him that it won't matter if you don't get on the podium this week. So it seems like you're pretty determined to make that happen this week. For sure. Uh, yeah, since, the, since last year and the year before and the year before, actually, um, it's just been really sitting with me. So I just, I'm making sure that it just does not happen again. Well, Kill, assuming you have the kind of tournament that you, know, that you think you can have and your team's other high seeds wrestle up to their seeds and maybe some of the other you know, lower seeds wrestle above their seeds, what do you think the team can accomplish this week? Um, I think we can accomplish a ton. Uh, like Coach Groth said, um, it is like a brotherhood. We've uh, built a really good team chemistry. Um, we've supported each other throughout this whole year. We've made each other better. And I think that um, going into this tournament, just like any other tournament, I think we can compete with any other team in the state. And I think we'll make it a really good weekend. So. I know he said that, you know, he thought maybe there's a chance that all 14 of you could qualify for state. But what was your reaction when, when 12 of the guys qualified on Saturday? Um, I actually, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I also agreed. I, I think we actually could have got all 14 too. But um, 12 is definitely awesome. Um, it's just awesome to see all of our um, hard work paying off as a team. And it's just great to have them all there with me um, and all of us supporting each other at the state tournament. So. We talked about Logan's win. That had to be pretty cool for you to watch your teammate, you know, win a big match like that and get to state. Yeah, for sure. Um, he definitely was going through a lot this season. He's been through a lot. Um, he just fell short, a couple spots short last year, and so we knew he wanted it really bad. And um, after seeing him endure the pain and go out there and wrestle his match and get a big win, it was just awesome to see. Well, since you've been to, to state four times and some of your teammates now are going for the first time, have you told some of them, you know, what to expect as far as the atmosphere? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I've just told a lot of them to enjoy it. Um, a lot of times the nerves will get to you and um, you get these bad jitters and you just don't wrestle like yourself. So I just told them it's the same. It's just like any other mat that you wrestle at, whether it's practice or whether it's another dual tournament. So just go out there and wrestle how you should normally wrestle and everything else will take care of itself. All right. Well, it should be a fun tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, good luck. I'll see you down there. Yeah, thank you. You bet. All right. You're listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of uh, many clients. You're our most important client. We listen to your needs to develop long-lasting relationships and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We're constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. Well, my final guest tonight is a senior on the Ankeny Boys swimming team, and he just had an incredible weekend at the state meet in Iowa City, where he was named the Athlete of the Year after leading the Hawks to a fourth-place uh, finish overall. He defended his state title in the 100 Butterfly, won another crown in the 50 Freestyle, and also swam on Ankeny's runner-up 200 and 400 Freestyle Relays. He is Lance Swanepoel. Lance, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Dan. Uh, it's, it's really been an honor. Oh, you bet. We've well, had a little over 48 hours now to, to come down from the emotional high of the state meet. Have you had time to kind of wind, wind down now, or are you still pretty much on cloud nine? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much on cloud nine, you know, going to school, seeing everybody, seeing them congratulate me. It, uh, it really is a dream come true. You know, I always looked up to the bigger guys who were always getting these state titles, and I, I wished I could be in that spotlight, and I'm finally there. So it's a, it's a really great feeling. We had six tremendous races over the course of two days, and we're going to break down all of those races here in a minute. But first, let me ask you this. You know, did you do anything special to celebrate afterwards? I went home, and I just got to spend some time with my family, and then I went and slept for about 14 hours. I was going to say, you're probably ready for some rest, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
Well, I know you told me a week ago that you didn't want to call your shot, but that, but that the, the time of 46.8 was calling your name in the 100 butterfly. So was that your biggest goal going into the weekend, to break that state record and to swim that time in the fly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, I was talking to my college coach before the meet, and we really set a goal, me and him. We wanted to break that state record by a second, um, really give it a testament for the Wisconsin spirit. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what my goal was the whole year, 46.8. Had that number up on my mirror, and uh, I worked for it every day, and that's what I got. Well, your first event on Friday was the prelims of the 50 freestyle, and you got off to a great start by posting a time of 20.33 seconds. Now you had swam 21.00 the week before at the district meet. So, so did you think you'd be able to drop that much time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really wanted to drop more, actually. I wanted mm -hmm. that 19.9. Uh, really would have felt good to finally break the 20, but 20.33 is a fantastic time, and I could never be upset with a time drop. Well, then in the prelims of the butterfly, you, you uh, smoked the field and you smashed that state record with a time of 46.89 seconds, which allowed you to reach that goal, uh, time goal. So what was your reaction when you saw that time? Did you, did you feel like you were going that fast? To be honest, no. Um, I got into the water and I actually thought to myself, dang, I should have cooled down more. I was feeling the 50 free from not, like I think 20 minutes before that, I was really feeling that race. And um, no, I thought I was, I, 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 in my swim, I think I was going 48, honestly. But 46A, I was a happy surprise. Oh, bad. Well, going into Saturday's finals, you were obviously the top qualifier in both races. And I'm sure you had confidence that you could win both, uh, both of them. But did you have even more confidence in the fly just because the gap between you and the rest of the field was so large? And because that 53 is such a short race that any little you know, slip-up could cost you? Yeah, um, logically, that makes sense. But for me, for some reason, it was the other way around. I was much more confident in the 53 than hmm. I was in the 100 fly just because it was first. Uh, I was the only guy swimming the double in that A final, I think. So having that race before it and kind of a little bit of pressure on me, I was getting a little anxious. But end of the day, I knew I'd worked harder, and I was, I was ready for it. Well, you started the day by winning that 53 in 20.40, and you finished comfortably ahead of Nick Rounds of Dowling Catholic, who was clocked in 20.73. I don't know if you felt like you had a shot at that state record of 20.18 or not. I mean, you, you mentioned that you wanted to go 19.9, but you obviously did what you needed to do to get the win, and, and that was your first state title in the event, so I'm sure it had to feel good. Oh, it felt, it felt great. Um, you know, I really think I could have gone faster than 20.4. Off my dive, I uh, exhaled, which you're not supposed to do you, in the 50, especially because you don't breathe. Mm -hmm. So I exhaled, and I ran out of air in that last 12 and a half yards. So I really think if I wouldn't have done that, I could have gone lower, maybe got that state record. But, you know, again, state title, you can never be upset with that. Can you describe how, how winning that race compared to winning the fly last year, you know, which, which of course was your first individual you know, title overall, was it pretty similar? <sighs> not really. So that 100 fly last year, I, that feeling is indescribable. I'd been working towards that since my freshman year, and losing to Drew those two years built built character, but it also built excitement. Uh, there's no feeling in my life that has been like touching that 100 butterfly first, touching the 50 free. I loved it. Couldn't beat that 100 butterfly. Well, then uh, you came back to defend your title in the butterfly. You posted a time of 47.10. Uh, you finished more than a second and a half ahead of the runner-up, Holden Carter of Iowa City West. Now, you swam the opening leg, uh, the opening 50 in 21.86 seconds. So did you pretty much know at that point that you had it? Yeah, that first 50. Um, and I tell my, my younger guys, Owen Schwebach and Brock Peterson, this too, uh, they need to swim it like it's a 50. Uh, you have to be the strongest guy out there. you got to be the fastest guy out there the whole race. And going out there 21.8, nobody else is going to be with me. And I know that because I don't think anybody's doing that on relays either. So I knew if I took it out like that, nobody's going to stick with me, especially on that third and fourth underwater where I'm going to beat them too. 
Well, you're an automatic All-American Honors in both of those races, and I believe that means you are now a seven-time All-American with the possibility of adding one or two more to that total with your uh, relay races, which we'll talk about here in a bit. You know, did you ever imagine when you uh, first joined the varsity as a freshman and, and one of the seniors on the team was Trent Franson, of course, who was one of the all, uh, Iowa's all-time greatest swimmers, that you'd be able to accomplish, you know, some of the same things that he did in his career? Yeah, um, growing up in Trent's shadow, it's been, uh, it's been an experience. Seeing him, I, I never thought I'd be at the same level as him. But now that I'm now that I'm reaching that point, um, it feels it feels almost like a dream. But as a freshman, no, I, I could never I could never imagine this. Um, seeing him win all those races, break all those records, and look at, living in his shadow, like I said, is just it, it's it's been it's I'm, I'm dumbfounded to find that I'm in his place. Do you think it helped you to, to follow in his footsteps, though, to kind of see what, what he could accomplish and what that hard work could produce? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was, he was a great mentor to me through the recruiting process, staying humble through that, um, working hard. He even came back during winter break while he was on winter break, and um, we trained for a day together, and we got to talk, and I got to talk to him about being a leader. And I really, I really appreciated my time with him in that remark just because we were going through some leadership struggles on the team. And around that winter break is when we really turned it around as a team and decided we were going to be better than what we were. So I really, I really appreciate Trent for that. Well, two of your teammates also scored points in the butterfly. Owen Schwebach took fourth in 49.99 seconds, and Brock Peterson finished 10th in 52.13. Now, I know Owen told me that it's been his lifelong goal to break 50 in the fly, so yeah, to be really happy for him as well. And I'm sure you feel like he has a good chance to follow in your footsteps and win that event next year, huh? Absolutely. Um, I, I know he's better than 49.9, too. Uh, I, think, I think he could be 48.9. I think he could be 47.9. I, I believe, I think that kid has the, the world in his hands. And I was ecstatic to see that he finally broke it because I know that he gets he breaks it once, the, his mind is open now because I, I was in that position once too. You break 49 once, it's so easy to do it again. And I can see him going 48-9 next year. I can see him going 48-0 or 47-9 next year. And I want him to win that. And he's going to work for it for sure. Well, after the butterfly, your team uh, moved into fourth place with 88 points, just one point behind Ames. Now, I know Coach Crouch told me that before the meet, he thought a fourth-place finish would be a tall order for you guys. But, you know, at that point, you had to be feeling pretty good. Did you think coming into the meet that you guys could be a top-five team? Absolutely. Um, our whole goal this year was to be a top-five team, and I knew, I knew we weren't five. Um, that dual meet with Linmar really proved it to me, especially when we were down a couple swimmers for – they were at show choir, I think. But um, – yeah, I knew we were a top five team since day one, and it was just about reaching that potential and, and really grasping it. Well, then in the 200 freestyle relay, uh, you teamed up with Schwebach, Owen Evans, and Noan Schaefer to play second in a time of 124.93, and that earned All-American consideration. Uh, you swam the opening leg in 20.59 to put your team in front, uh, but Waukee eventually took the lead and won the race in 123.17. But that was still a huge time drop for you guys, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, nobody thought we were getting second place in that event. Uh, I remember the guys walking up to me saying some things I can't repeat and being like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you guys are here, Ankeny? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it felt good. Yeah. It felt good to not take a backseat to anybody and really, really prove that I mean, we, were, we were meant to be there. Yeah. Well, this is a podcast, so you, know, you can't. There's certain words you can't say, but you can say a little bit more. But we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk <laughs> off off off, uh, yeah. off the air here. But well, after Peterson uh, placed 13th in the backstroke, uh, you guys were sitting in sixth place going into the final event, uh, the 400 free relay. Uh, your team trailed Pleasant Valley by a point and Linmar by 20 and a half points, and both of those teams were also in the race. So, so did you guys kind of figure out before the race what you needed to do in order to pass both of those teams? Yeah, we knew exactly what we needed to do, and. Uh, I was sitting next to Owen Schwebach in the ready room, and I was telling him, like, we got to do this, we got to do this. And I was like, Owen, oh, it's not looking good. Like, it, if it push comes to shove, we might get sixth, and we don't want to be that. And I remember him telling me, 
he's like, Lance, you're as rested as AJ is. You're both leading off. It's your job to put us up front. And I really appreciate having a, a younger guy on the team really take that stance and say, Lance, you're gonna you're gonna step up. You know, as as a leader, it's it's nice being humbled by a teammate like that. Being put put in the spot to say, Lance, this is you. You have to do this. And I I can never I can never ask for a, another teammate to to motivate me in a way that he did because it was just it was amazing. Well, the 400 free relay kind of unfolded the same way that the uh, 200 did. Uh, you swam another great opening leg of 44.41 to put your team ahead, and you were followed by Calvin Howard, Peterson, and Schwabach. Uh, Waukee again came from behind to win the race in 305.75, and you guys play second in 306.34, which again earned All-American consideration. Uh, but the best news was that you guys finished one spot ahead of uh, Pleasant Valley and nine spots ahead of Linmar, and that allowed you to edge both teams for that fourth-place spot. So, I mean, after the race, I mean, you guys just had to be thrilled. Oh, my gosh. It was – that was a – I, I, I cried after that race. It was amazing. Um, it was, it, it's like something you wrote in a movie. Getting p one, one point ahead of, what, Linmar, and then one point, or one, one point ahead of Pleasant Valley, 1.5 points of, ahead of Linmar to, uh, to get in that fourth-place spot was just magical. And I, I could not be more proud of the guys on that relay. Could we have beaten that Waukee team? I really think so. If, if we moved some pieces around, pushed push a little bit harder, but I really think those guys gave it everything they could, and I'm just, I'm so proud. Well, I'm sure you would have liked to have beat uh, Waukee, because I know you're good friends with uh, some of their guys, but, you know, what can you say about their performance? They won their third straight title by racking up 304 points, 90 more than Valley. You know, they just have a great team, don't they? They have a fantastic team, um, and they work so hard. I got to, I got the pleasure of going to junior nationals with them, and, you know, they, they didn't have... Their, their most optimal meet, I would say. They lost some races they didn't want to lose, and it wasn't looking great for them. But it's, it's astounding to me that a meet that doesn't look great for them is still a blowout state title. They're very talented, hard workers, and I, I could not respect them more. Well, Lance, before I let you go, I just want to ask you a quick question about uh, your future. Uh, you mentioned uh, the school that you're going to, uh, Wisconsin, next year. I'm sure you're anxious to get your college career underway. Do you know yet which events you know, you'll, be, you'll be focusing on in college, and do you think you'll have a chance to contribute right away? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to be swimming the 100 Butterfly and the 50 Free, just like I did the, uh, the, uh, my high school career. And I really have a chance to, um, to contribute right away. I think I'll be going in as the second or third butterfly on the team, so I'll be on that Big Ten roster, I hope. And I'll also be swimming that 200 butterfly, which is a pretty good event of mine, but I need to train it more. I'm not really in shape for that now. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I have a really good chance to contribute. I remember my coach when I was getting recruited told me, Lance, if you don't break 21 seconds on your 50 free in this meet, you're going to be swimming the 500. Next day I went 20.93. So making sure I'm not in that five. But, <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, you've had a great career, man. It's been a lot of fun uh, to cover you know, all your meets, and uh, you've been a joy to work with. So uh, congratulations again on a great career, and good luck at Wisconsin. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. You bet. All right, you've been listening to the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. I want to thank my guests again for coming in tonight. We had Coach Jack Wignall and Senior Jace Anderson uh, from the Ankeny Wrestling Team, and then we had Coach Jay Groth and Senior Kel Wiener from the Ankeny Centennial Squad. And we finished things off with Ankeny senior uh, swimmer, Lance Swanepoel. I appreciate uh, the time from all of those folks. I think we had some good conversations there. And just one quick note uh, on boys basketball. They came out today with the sub-state uh, pairings. And I think uh, both Ankeny Centennial and Ankeny, uh, you know, have to be pretty happy with their draws. The Jaguars received the number one seed in their sub-state. Uh, they're ranked eighth, and they may have to play number nine, uh, Cedar Falls, in the sub-state uh, final, assuming they can get past uh, their first-round game. And I think that's a good draw for uh, Centennial. They uh, 
certainly played well enough this year to, to get that number one seed, and uh, we'll see what they can do with it. Uh, Ankeny, because of their 7-14 and 14 record, you know, was not going to receive a, a great seed, but they did get the number three seed in their sub-state. They will host uh, Ottumwa in a quarterfinal matchup, and uh, their road to state would pro probably end up going through Indianola in the sub-state final, and that's a team that uh, the Hawks lost to earlier this year. Uh, they would have to beat uh, Ames on the road before they get to that uh, sub-state final, but they, they've already beaten Ames once this year on their court, so uh, I would think they would go into that game with some confidence. And, uh, yeah, playing Indianola again, that, that's, that's a good team, a, a great team even, but uh, the Hawks showed that they could play with them earlier this year, and, and I think they have to be pretty happy uh, with that draw uh, because they did uh, avoid both the Waukee schools and Valley, which are, are three teams you probably don't want in your sub-state. So we'll see how both uh, teams can do with those uh, sub-state draws, and uh, come back next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.